The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Nerds, discover your geeky haven with Toink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toying.com. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, Derek, myself, Mike. Uh, before I ask you how you're doing, Derek, I gotta say, last night I couldn't sleep. Went to Netflix, and Starship Troopers happened to pop up as an option. Oh, yeah. And I watched it. <laughs> I, I didn't even know it was on um, uh, Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. So that's cool. None of the sequels are on Netflix. And yes, there were sequels. Uh, Let me, I'm going to find out the March of Troopers. No, the sequels were not that great. Mm. Uh, I I still want to read the book. I've never read the book. The book came out in 1959. Yeah, I bet it's interesting. So I I still want to go back and get the book. I wonder if on Audible, um, there's an audio book for it. That could be interesting. Uh, So, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, indeed, it would be very Uh, interesting. So the movie came out in 97. Then in 2004 was Starship Troopers, Hero of the Federation, and Starship Troopers 3, Marauder in 2008, Hmm. as well as two two animated films. Starship Troopers Invasion 2012 and Starship hmm. Troopers Traitor of Mars in 2017. No kidding. There was also I know that. there was also a 1999 spin-off CGI animated half-hour series entitled Roughnecks Starship Troopers Chronicles, which ran for eight story arcs, 49 episodes, four of them being clip shows, hmm. ended on an unresolved cliffhanger. Where was this show? Oh, no. Where was this show? And apparently it ran on, uh, it was picked up on Sci-Fi Channel in the U.S. Back when it was C-Fi. S-C-I-F-I. I I never, never knew about this. Apparently it was released on DVD. Uh, Mill Creek Entertainment announced the complete series on DVD. I'm going to have to reach out to Mill Creek Entertainment then. How do I get a hold of this? I would love to get it. (laughs) 
Starship Troopers was just was cheesy enough. It was great sci-fi. Yeah, it was a fun movie. And it kind of inspired a certain uh, intro. You don't say. The, the intro, half of the intro is inspired by, of our intro is inspired by uh, Starship Troopers. Now the question is, do you know what the other half is inspired? Nope. I don't think I do. Do you remember a show with Jessica Alba and Michael Weatherby called Dark Angel? Oh, yeah. Remember Eyes Only? Mm. That's where mm. that's where the second half mm-hmm. comes from. It's Eyes Only. Because huh. it cannot be traced for the last free voice of the geek revolution. I'll just, I'll just see if I can find that drop of his of his intro to that. Let's see if, see if we have it for to use as a drop in the future. <laughs> so, um, so I guess now I'm going to say, uh, how you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. How you doing? I am sore, <laughs> mm-hmm. but understandably so, because I had knee surgery last week. Mm-hmm. We were going we were gonna try and record last week, and I'm like, e- yeah, no, <laughs> not feeling it. <laughs> Which probably came yeah. to no surprise from you. Not really. <laughs> um, really? You want to try to record? Okay. <laughs> hey, we were going to try. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. But uh, we're recording actually early this this week because uh, we're going to have a special episode of uh, Wookiee Radio that we're recording later in the week on our normal Weeby Geek slot. Um, and I'm just going to call it the uh, it's Wookiee Radio, the Smugglers and Stowaways round table <laughs> and it'll make more sense as we get closer oh, so i put my eye out glasses uh so yeah starting off uh condolences to the gregory jen family uh you're probably going uh who's gregory jen oh he's one of those people that that i care about because he's a behind the scenes person and of course a very big part of movie making how stuff that we love gets done uh mm-hmm. but he worked on iconic sci-fi stories including star trek Close Encounters of the Third Kind, along with others that we'll probably touch on here shortly. Uh, he was 76 years old. Um, the news just came out this week, uh, but apparently he had died May 22nd after dealing with a long history of health-related issues, oh. including diabetes. The family mm. chose to keep his death to themselves until now. Kudos to the Jim family. Mm. I, I, I will say that right now. I mean, there there's no need. Uh, okay, but the direction I want to go, I can't go. So I'm going to change up as I've, I've changed it up in my head already. Kudos to the family. Take the time to grieve for yourself. Mm. Take that time to treasure before sharing this with the rest of the world and then getting flooded and overwhelmed from the rest of the world. Right. Take the time to enjoy yourself. Enjoy him for what he was for yourselves. I love that. I really did. Um, Jim's work with Star Trek began in 1977 with designs for a Klingon battlecruiser for Star Trek Phase 2, the Star Trek original series sequel that never made it to television. Ah, yes. He also worked with special effects legend Douglas Trumbull, who also passed away earlier this year on Star Trek Motion Picture, a film made in Phase 2's place. He returned to Star Trek cinema in 89 Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, 98's Star Trek Insurrection, and 2002 Star Trek Nemesis. He also worked on all three major Trek shows of the 90s, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. He earned a wow. not Emmy nomination for his work on, Deep, on the Deep Space Nine episode, Trials and Tribulations. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, he also earned an Emmy 
Emmy nod for his work on HBO's 2003 adaptation of Angels in America and received eight nominations from Art Directors Guild for most recently uh, Mulan from 2020. Oh, wow. Uh, he also shared visual effects nominations from the Academy for work done on Close Encounters and 1941. Uh, other works include uh, Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, uh, One from the Heart, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, Hunt for Red October, nope. Judge Dredd, The Scorpion yeah. King, Fantastic Four from 2005, Avatar, hmm. Real Still, John Carter, and Alice Through the Looking Glass. So, uh, very well-rounded gentleman. Uh, and to say model, master model maker is a uh, understatement. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, this next one. I guess the issue dropped tonight, or the episode dropped tonight, but don't care. Haven't watched it in a while, but apparently it's a, a big deal. Spoiler alert. Just in case. Spoiler alert. Um, apparently, someone dies, someone big dies in season eight. In the season eight finale of The Flash. Yeah, I haven't watched that in a long time either, but. So. Um, interesting. I've heard things. So apparently, uh, Reverse Flash, Ebar Thawne, Thawne uh, was brought back to life when he literally burst through another version of himself, the heroic <laughs> Ebar Thorne, or Thawne. Right? Okay. Of course, that resurrection came at the cost of Iris West Allen at her life, mm. heading into this week's season eight finale. Yeah. There's no way to guess who has survived the showdown between Team Flash and Negative Forces. Indeed, there was a casualty in the fight for, well, everything, and, they're, and they really and truly did. So uh, that was last week. Uh, I guess the finale was this week. Um, the episode picked up right where it left off. Isis had, Iris had just died and disappeared into energy that prompted the resurrection of Thawne, which also prompted the death of Ebard in the process. After some taunting, um, Thrawn, who himself then disappeared, Barry was prepared to settle the score once and for all. But in the end, even a superpowered Thawne having the upper hand is Flash who won the day. Iris, it turns out, wasn't dead, but in the Time Stone. Time Stone? What, are they stealing the Infinity Stones? Apparently so. <laughs> And it was her return that factored you, in tipping the scales for Barry. Huh. You want to say you want to keep saying Thrawn, don't you? I do want to say Thrawn. Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, Barry and Thrawn's fight was triggered by the Armageddon that was teased all the way back at the beginning of the season. And I also want to call her Isis, not Iris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iris made Barry realize that he couldn't beat Thrawn by fighting with might. Instead. Barry recognized his limits, sat down, going to a meditative place he did in, in into the still force. Uh, in the end, the power of his of knowing his limits that saw Flash win with reverse Flash erased, killed by his own actions. Okay. So Yeah. Um yeah, from what you just read, I'm kind of not sorry that I uh, that I don't watch Flash anymore. <laughs> I am at that stage. I may go back and watch these last two episodes just to go, okay, cool. Mm. Just to really see how the story right. plays out. But other than that, uh, The Flash will return for season nine in 2023. Which I guess is the final season. I think so. I think so. But... Uh, this I'm actually kind of excited for seeing this today. Uh, Legion of Superheroes is getting an animated series, and the show was interesting. And the show 
and the rating for the show was revealed in a surprising way. Filmratings.com has posted for the DC animated program uh, on their site, it's supposed to be rated PG-13 for some violence and language. Oh. Uh, this tracks with some of the previous comments from series showrunner Brian Michael Bendis. That's the only thing that's got me worried. Huh. No, no, it doesn't. Why am I saying that? I like Bendis. Yeah, I do too. I, I'm thinking. Uh, uh, it was, I'm thinking. Leaping. I wasn't crazy about his Superman, but no. Um, the HBO Max series has been spoken about earlier this year, uh, with Legion superheroes popping up in Young Justice Phantoms, which I getting caught up on. I, I watched like the first story arc with Superboy getting killed when they're on Mars. I, and then, uh, I haven't watched any of it. And then I heard about an episode that has a tie-in to uh, the Green Lantern Corps cartoon. I'm like, oh, I'm going to jump to this. And uh, watched it. Now I'm going back and trying to get caught up. Um, anyway, on Substack, Bendis explained what people could expect from this new Legion show. I used the phrase adult animation to describe the show. Some of you definitely have interpretations of what adult animation means. Uh, some incorrectly labeled this as potential hardcore pornography. No, this is a Warner Brothers animation project. Adult means adult themes. Obviously, there are hundreds of examples of mature themed animated projects from all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people are dumb. <laughs> Legion of superheroes. Oh, chicken. Wow, wow. <laughs> uh, he continued, in superhero spaces, there are different levels of sophistication meant for different audiences. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there are even previous animated Legion shows that skewed young, and some people hearing this announcement immediately reference that. I'm just let, I was just letting you know that this is potentially something else. Mm -hmm. um, he would later say that he was not at liberty to answer fan questions about possible art style for the show, but he could tell fans that the pandemic is allowing animations to be the animations a bit more freedom in their approach. I can tell you pandemic has allowed a lot of people in the animation spaces all over the world, both independent and multimedia corporate to explore. Uh, you've already seen some of this pop up in all kinds of special projects. I think we're going to see the golden age of animation, something akin to the birth of Pixar. Okay. Hmm, sounds cool. Sounds interesting. Hmm. Indeed. So. I'm not really a big, a huge uh, Legion of Superheroes fan, but I might check it out. I, I kind of was. And the, the last cartoon kind of had me, uh, I guess, turned off a little bit, the Legion. I used to read the, the comics all the time. They're like, eh. I mean, when they go back and take a, a young Clark Kent when he was Superboy into the future, and then when they bring him back, it's like, oh, only a minute or two have passed. Type mm -hmm. um, deal. It's like, okay. So there was a chance he could have been killed and never come back, but they didn't. Right. Yeah. But, um, but with DC, uh, questions now coming out Will there be a fan dome? 2022. Uh, this first virtual event first took place back in August of 2020 during the pandemic. It centered around a live stream that celebrated the upcoming movies, television shows, video games, and more inspired by DC Comics. Then, Fandome returned a second time uh, last October and tripled its audience numbers, leaving some fans to wonder, could the really? event wow. become an annual occasion? I watched last year's. Uh, I have the off, and I watched a good chunk of last year's. It was great. How was it? It was good. It was really good. Was it? I mean, hmm. I, I watched, the, I guess, the main panel 
or the main thing. I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a big to do. I, I mean, Fandome. It, it was. Um, I don't even know if they still have the site up or. Uh, basically, it was like one huge online Comic Con panel. Right. And that's when I heard about uh, Batgirl movie, the Blue Beetle movie, and some of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And how some of this is coming straight to HBO Max, etc. I was like, hey, cool. I have free HBO Max because my phone phone company. Some cool stuff to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, so now, you know, of course, people are wondering if this was going to be a annual occasion, which I don't see why it couldn't be. I don't, sure. I don't see why, like, Marvel couldn't and Star Wars or, or Disney in general. Well, Disney, I guess, kind of does with their Disney Plus Day. That's almost becoming yeah, their fan. Technically, though. I guess you could say that. I don't, I don't see why other companies can't do it as well. Right, right. Choose a day on a weekend or choose a weekend and just put this together. I mean, yeah. how hard would it be to spend a month leading up to it to put, put all your pieces together and then, boom, that day you have a live host that then live host or hosts that bounce between segments to have the most up-to-date information to give related to the segment just watched. So, um, it's like a no brain, really. Yeah. Uh, so now the question is fandom for 2022 has yet to be announced. Um, and Warner Brothers and Discovery recently announcing their plans to bring DC related properties in person at San Diego Comic Con in three weeks. So the question remains, do we get Fandome at all? I think, yes, we should. Uh, on paper, sure. DC has enough, has more than enough properties in the pipeline to justify a third convention. Uh, whether an all-day affair like 2020 or a more condensed live stream like 2021. See, I saw more of the live stream, not the all-day affair. Right. Uh, and I love the live stream. The live stream, was, I think it was like an hour, hour and a half, something like hmm. that. Um, but like Dwayne Johnson's long-awaited Black Adam movie, uh, which had a presence at both fandoms, finally arrives in theaters this October, with Shazam, Fury of the Gods, falling behind in December. Okay, not a bad one, too. Which is interesting that they're so close together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Aquaman in the Lost in the last in the Lost Kingdom, a Flash and Blue Beetle, all scheduled to be released in the first two thirds of 2023. And with the Flash, that will be Ezra Miller's last project for DC. <laughs> he is done. I don't just even know. I'm, I'm surprised they haven't just pulled this plug and and wait and, and redid, it, except for all the money. <sighs> How much you want to make a bet after this? They're going to jump ahead in time, put an older actor in just to age him. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so I can see that. Uh, that'd be the best thing I would do. Uh, television shows inspired mm-hmm. by DC are arguably thriving more than ever between HBO Max's shows, Peacemaker, Doom Patrol, Harley Quinn, and the Batman's upcoming Penguin spinoff. Really? I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. You didn't know about that? No. What do you know? Uh, they're doing a spinoff of the Penguin from from the recent Batman movie, starring um, um, oh, Colin um, Colin Farrell. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't think of the last name. As the Penguin, and uh, he it's going to be basically. I think it takes place time wise after the movie. Oh, and cool! It, it's going to be about him um, becoming more of a more of Super villain. Yeah. Oh, cool. So it's like his his uh, <clears throat> his coming of age story, if you will. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I think that I'm excited for. Because Lord knows, I was. Not- I I am looking forward to it. He he was uh he he was pretty good in that movie. I I liked him. 
I liked, I, I, I had no um, problem with the retconning of him to making him more of a, a mobster, so to speak, to begin. Right. Because he, he just, the original penguin was a demented aristocrat, right? Is that how it was played about? I believe so, if I or, remember. Or was he a gangster who wanted to be a aristocrat? I I think there's been, I think there's, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I think there's been versions of him as both, either or, so. Well, DeVito's penguin, the Tim Burton penguin, was that aristocrat that right. was shunned because he was disfigured. Mm-hmm. And there was no way that family could have such an ugly baby. Um, which, but I think in like the animated series, he was more of a gangster type. Yeah, even though he had the the Tim Burton esque look, which was fine. Mm. Um, but I'm trying to remember the Burgess Meredith look or Burgess Meredith character. His look was the the aristocrat. Yes, yeah, the tux and the top hat. But I'm trying to remember. Um, I guess his was kind of a. A gangster-esque vibe, too. I guess, yeah. There, there was never any talk of him coming from a uh, aristocratic family. No. He was trying to get in with the, the rich women of Gotham, like a gangster would. Right. So, but no, with that, I, I was fine. So, now let, let's see where he goes from here. I, I just wish... I, I don't know your feelings on it, but I, I wish they didn't do his Riddler like they did Riddler. Ah. Uh. I did not mind the villain. I yeah, uh, I kind of have mixed feelings on it. Uh, like, hmm. I did not mind the villain. Yeah, but calling him Riddler was wrong. Yeah, I think I think I agree with that. He was almost more a puzzler than Riddler. Yeah, and that's a legit. And Puzzler is a legit Batman villain. Right, but he was he was more puzzler. He he had more of a puzzler vibe than he did a, a Riddler vibe. Yeah, I I think yeah, I think I kind of feel the same way. He wasn't like it was an interesting character, but it wasn't the Riddler. It wasn't the Riddler, very much not the Riddler. And I understand if you know maybe they wanted to try to do something a little more modern, realistic, but yeah. But you know the Riddler. Even if you go Frank Gorshin's Riddler and not Jim Carrey, and look at the Riddler more in the comics, that's more realistic than he's one of the more realistic rogues without having to really alter backstory or intent or essence of the character. But he could also, I could also see some people seeing him as too cartoonish. Okay. So you you tone that down a little bit, but he's still going to, you can't take the laugh away. They took the laugh away. Mm. I mean, look at what they did with Gotham, with Riddler and Gotham. I mean, that was, that was done well. Yeah. I actually like, I like that version. And, and that, that hit a little more realistic. Mm. I mean, Joker, each Joker fits its own time period. Heath Ledger's Joker was, was ideal because it kind of fit in of what if he was a uh, very heavy PTSD disturbed war vet. Right. The Joker that we get the tease of in the Batman. Mm. I was liking him. Yeah. You know, still, he's already demented and he hasn't been altered yet. Yeah. It, it's there. There's something, something about Riddler. He, he's twisted. Everything's a, a, everything is a joke to him or a riddle to him. Um, he, he's almost that savant. Um, give Sheldon Cooper a sense of humor in a, in a, <laughs> in a devious mind. 
And that's Riddler. That's your modern day Riddler. <laughs> Someone who's socially awkward, knows it all, but wants more. And, 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 can't, and no one can live with him because of just how smart he is. Makes him not tolerable to be around. So. Uh, but getting back, um, of course, Netflix has his like Sweet Tooth and the upcoming Sandman. And CW mainstays Flash, Superman, and Lois, and Stargirl. Reminds me, Stargirl hasn't even started up yet. Nope. Um, two video games first unveiled at 2020 Fandom, Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League, remain in the pipeline, as does a Wonder Woman game. That, combined with hypothetical comic announcements, uh, popular podcast adaptations like Batman Unburied, countless other confirmed or established properties certainly could fill an entire new fandom schedule. I don't see why they don't do it. Maybe they will. Maybe they just haven't announced it yet. It could still happen. Let's hope that's what one. Let's hope that's one of the final announcements at at Hall H will be at Comic Con at the DC panel. Mm -hmm. So, um, you have Paramount Plus. I do not. They have they have an animated show on there called Lower Decks, Star Trek Lower Decks. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. And apparently, IDW is going to be publishing a three issue Lower Decks miniseries based on the comedy. Hmm. Interesting. So, uh. Ryan North, Eisner winner, uh, known for his work on The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, is teaming up with artist Chris Finoglio. Uh, the first issue of the series arrives in September. This should be a good extra bonus because the third season of the animated show uh, will debut on Paramount Plus this year as well. And the second season is headed to Blu-ray. So, yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, I want to say Lower Decks takes place uh, X-Gen era. That's an animated series, right? Yes, on Paramount. There's also another animated series called Prodigy, which has also been airing on oh, yes, uh, Nickelodeon. So, um, to stay on Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery's Sonequa Martin-Green teases a refreshing, invigorating, and lovely season five. Okay. I will admit. Lovely, huh? Yep. I tried watching season one. <laughs> do it. Me I too. do. I've been told if you want to watch it, skip seasons one and two and go straight to season three. Really? I'm like, yeah, I tried. There's so much I, information lost. I tried season one. I just, I couldn't get through it. I was like, I, this is, I, I'm just not enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say I'm enjoying strange new, strange new worlds. The new one. Oh, really? Yes. I love Picard season one. I'm struggling with season two. Oh, really? But I hear it's really good. I'm just struggling getting to it, getting through it. I'm only on episode two. Mm. Episode one took me like four days to watch. <laughs> That's a struggle. <laughs> it's a struggle. <laughs> so, um, but apparently uh, Discovery is coming back for a fifth season. Wow, five seasons are um, huh. Hey, that's two more than the original series. True. The original series went three. Uh, how many did uh, Next Gen and them go? Uh, I believe, let's see. Check, check this out. At least, I think it went at least nine seasons. The animated series ran for two seasons. Yep. Uh, Next Gen ran seven. Mm. Deep Space Nine, I want to say, it went seven. Really? No kidding. Did Hmm. not realize that. Uh, Voyager went seven. Hmm. Enterprise, seven. Four. 
Uh, Pard is currently two. Lower Decks is three. Prodigy is going to one. Uh, Strange New Worlds is on its first. And then we have some more shows in development. Uh, Section 31 announced in 2019. Still currently untitled, um, but deals with members of Starfleet Section 31 division. Then there are some other series like one set at the Academy, uh, as well as a set of SETI Alpha 5 series based on the character uh, Khan and his uh, Wrath of Khan storyline. So, yeah, interesting. So, like uh, Star Wars, more Trek coming down the pike. Question is, some people are saying it's too much Star Wars. Is it the same way with Star Trek? It doesn't feel that way yet. Um, probably because there's been there's been such a gap in, in um, Star Trek properties. Yeah, but it seems like everything. So, I think it's, it seems like they're flooding Star Trek now. Possibly, Discovery. yeah. But at the moment, it's like it's kind of like when the prequels came out, and we didn't have anything. Star Wars for a long time, and then oh, well, finally something. Right. So right now, I think they're in that release stage where it's like, oh, we're getting Star Trek finally. But uh, if they're not careful, they could very easily overdo it. I don't think I don't think we're getting it overdone with uh, Star Wars. Not any different than what what Paramount's doing with Star Trek. I think. Well, I think the only difference goes back to the fandom. Well, the other difference too is in the quality of the stuff put out too. So if they if they start if they put out good stuff, then it'll they'll probably be okay. But right, the problem honest, problems happening is Disney with these franchises, be it Marvel or Star Wars. Max they're doing with an with a series is ten episodes. Mm-hmm. So basically, a summer show, which in many ways is thirteen episodes. So they're they're shortening the show three episodes yeah but i don't think that's necessarily a problem whereas especially with what they bring with it whereas with uh I even look to see how many episodes discoveries had per episode, per season i have no idea but i i want to say it's been more than 10 so anyway so the other thing is with star trek you can do you can have story arcs but you can also have like individual episodes as well right like single episodes Depend. You, you, it's, it's, it's a little tougher to do that with Star Wars, but it could. You know, the right series. I think you could. It could be done because I think we were starting to see that with Book of Boba Fett to the dismay of Fett. It could, yeah, it could. Like I said, depending on what series you do it with. Right, but I think that's one of the things I'm liking about Strange New Worlds is you can come in and watch any episode of it with no problem. Right, and not know mm-hmm. what happened before. Right. But if you've seen everything up before, when they do make a quick reference back to something else, oh, okay, it makes sense. I understand. But right. Each episode is its own standalone episode with, with a with a plot thread running and be, you know carrying the series through. But it's, right. But each show is not based on that plot thread. Right. Exactly. But it just happens to be there, which I, is which is easier for Star Trek to do as opposed to Star Wars, which they tend to stick. You know, they're trying to stick to a storyline. But if modern... It's not impossible to do it, but... If modern-day Star Trek has borrowed some from storytelling from Star Wars, would it really hurt Star Wars to follow some of the same for their streaming shows? Not the movies, 
but for the shows, would it hurt Lucasfilm to to take a couple tricks from Star Trek for their shows that don't involve a major character? So yeah, if no, they, they, they certainly do that. So if this new Rangers or Rangers of the New Republic comes about or or something, or if they did one based on the, the Jedi Academy, mm-hmm. could they do it where each episode is its own story, but still have oh, that, certainly. but still something have like that, that yeah. thread mm-hmm. to tie it all together. Right. That pops in every now and then. Yeah. Did we get that? We know they could do it because they, that's kind of what they did with Clone Wars. Yes, very much. That was animated. Sure, but you, they could do it live action. I think so. So take the. They could definitely do it. Take the the Clone Wars, Bad Batch, Rebel, well, even Rebels. Take those. Take mm-hmm. that formula and put it live action. Yeah, I think I think I think at this point in time that's what we want. See, I wouldn't mind at this point having like Tales of the Five first. Sure. Yeah, something like that would be good. And, and you start in the Clone Wars and you run it all the way through to yeah the the, the fall of the second Death Star. Right. So. You could also easily do like a, 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 a Star Wars Underworld type show. See that show's already that show's already scripted. Yep. Break out the scripts. Start it. Start going. <laughs> I love the test footage that they've mm-hmm. done. Have you seen the test footage they did for that? No, I don't think I did. See, if, see if I can find it. I'll send it to you through uh, Messenger or search on YouTube. Uh, Star Wars Underworld test footage. Mm. I know it's there. So it's entirely possible they could do it. It's just yeah. a question of if they will. I think it would be good. I think it would be great. Considering most of it takes place on... I think people would love it. Since a lot of it took place on Coruscant, you could still bring back uh, Fett. You could bring back Cad Bane. You could bring mm-hmm. back... And you could bring in Hondo. You know, some of these other characters. But let's touch on the Underworld. If you wanted to, you could twist it a little bit and make it about Crimson Dawn. Oh, yeah. Or, or you can make it based around the uh, a rebirth of the uh, crime syndicate from the High Republic. All of a sudden, making their reemergence in uh, in the in the re- in the Republic era. Sure. So, but uh, let's talk some collectibles real quick. All right. Uh, first off, I want to say Hasbro has done something right. <laughs> Did you hear about this? Uh, which one? They introduced a new Haslab today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, have I heard about it? Oh, I'm dying because I, I, oh, I want it so bad. But continue. Um, newest Haslab project is in the GI Joe Classified series. Mm-hmm. Same series that uh, what the Sky Strike for the three and three quarter inch mm-hmm. got uh, last minute approved. Did funded? It? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that one yeah. did happen. Yeah, yeah. I came about around the same time That's as the Rancor. <laughs> I think it ended the next day. Because <laughs> you had the Rancor, you had uh, the G.I. Joe F-14 and the uh, Pro- Proton Pack from Ghostbusters all going at th- around the same yeah, time. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't think the third sister, uh, Reva, her saber is going to get funded. Because mm. there's 12 days left and it, it's pretty, pretty low. But the newest HasLab project is a G.I. Joe classified series as the Hiss Tank. <laughs> we are talking oh, a Hiss Tank, it. a Hiss Tank for six-inch figs, uh, and they just re-released the Hiss Tank within the last yes. year in the three and three-quarter inch. Mm-hmm. And what they were calling what the retro is that it's retro, but it's not retro retro like like you think of with Star Wars. No. Um, 
are there retros? I think they're just. Are are there retros? Uh, O rings. Yeah, I yes, I believe so. So now I'm going to their GI Joe classified. That's all they list. Classified GI Joe retro. Yeah, is what they're called. Um, they look like O ring. I'm pretty sure. They are. Yes. Uh, the retro is the o- original O-ring design. Mm. Except I don't remember Duke looking that, that hideous. <laughs> Face-wise. Hey, you know, when you, you know, that's what happens when you get older. <laughs> hey, now I represent that. <laughs> you and me both. Anyway, uh, as I just lost my story, as I closed out of it by mistake. Mm. Uh, no, I didn't. There it is. Uh, so, yeah, this thing dropped today. It was announced today. Or announced during the GI Joe live stream. Is that yeah? Was that live stream yesterday? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Yeah, it dropped and then my jaw dropped. Oh, it was that today's Yojo June fan stream. It's dropped uh, today as we're recording on the 29th of June, and they announced uh, the Haslab this tank by dinner time because they need 8,000 fans must fund the project before August 15th in order for this to be produced, and it's 2.99 for the for the tank and the driver. Uh, actually, no. Hasbro is offering a early bird special. If the tank is fully funded before Wednesday, July 6th, all project backers will also receive an exclusive G.I. Joe classified series Cobra Hiss tactician figure. Well, guess what? Everyone's getting it. <laughs> Why? Because it was backed in less than 12 hours. Mm. Uh, that is amazing. Let's see. Where does it stand now? Back this project. Target was... 8,000. Funding ends in 47 days, one hour, and we're at 9,275 backers. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, this thing's gorgeous. And it, and it, yeah. will, ha- it will have uh, multiple lighting combinations, including a Cobra Insignia beacon. The cockpit wow. will light up. That's the cool. inside will light up. It, it's, it's so cool. The, the tech a tactician will come, comes with two sets of hands, a pistol, and a rifle. Basically, four weapon accessories. <laughs> this thing's gorgeous. Does it uh, does it say the actual size of it anywhere? Yeah, uh, six gears. It's it's gotta be good sized. Ten ten point nine six inches tall. That's going to the top of the turret, the gun on the turret. Nineteen inches yes. long. Wow! Oh, wow! <laughs> This would be a beast to have it, an original and the retro, all on a shelf together. Ugh. Or or find however many different variations of the His Tank was made throughout the history of Joe toys. So I want to say there was an urban. Yeah, I ver- think it's been, yeah, I think it's been reissued a couple of times in different paint jobs and such. This is so worth it. Ugh. It, 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 yeah. It, if I had the money. I know. Me too. I'm like, oh, I want it so bad, but... Uh, there was a Cobra Hiss 2. Oh, yes. That's that a now. completely different design. Yeah. So what? Okay, this is 788, which is based on the original. And there was a version in blue that was 827. Mm, I remember that, too. That was the Hiss 3, according to the toy. Uh, there was another one where the cockpit is totally armored. The, the canopy is totally armored. That's 063. Plus, that's a, no, that's a custom. Never mind. Scratch that one. You can't scratch it. It's armored. <laughs> uh, Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess there were only the two versions, the Hiss 3 and the, and the Hiss. Hmm. Okay, two versions where it's the same vehicle, different paint jobs. Right. 
because uh, the Hiss 2 is a totally different look. And then there's uh, the Crim- Cobra Crimson Hiss tank. Again, totally different look. I could have sworn there was a th- another one that looked like uh, the Hiss tank as we know it. I could be wrong. There was, maybe. Checking sites. Apparently, there was a red version that had rockets. Maybe. Yes. The Sigma from the Sigma series. Hmm. And I guess it had an alternate back to it as well. I don't know. So I'm looking at it on the. It's a little. It's a little smaller. I'm looking at this. His has lab on on uh, the Hasbro Pulse site, and it says has a a banner that says just released, and then under it has another banner that says funded. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's crazy, crazy. I tell (laughs) you, don't mess with the GI Joe fans. No, no, you don't. I'm gonna have to. Okay, there's a site out there called Yo Joe. Mm-hmm. I've been on it. And I guess they're going to have the history of, uh, there was another His Tank red one released in 2008. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Versions of the His Tank. The one that we have here was originally re- released in 83. Now we're getting the six inch version. Uh, the His 2, a little wider in design. His 3 is the blue. And there's the Crimson Strike His Tank in 2002. Uh, His Four is not the same. His tank to be in 2003 is almost like the His 2. Uh, 2005 had a couple variations. Where the His 3 came back, there was another one based on the His 1, labeled 001, 827, 813. Okay, so 827 is the His 3 blue. Then there's an Arctic His 724. This is the gray one with the red missiles. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a tank. I could have sworn there was a, a Tiger Force one at some point, but I could be wrong. Uh, and there was another one, 180, number 183. It was red with gray stripes. That, that may be the Tiger Force one. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. I can't tell. I don't know. I don't know if there was. A, was there a Tiger Force series? I don't know. There might not have been. It could just be my faulty memory. <laughs> I don't know. They had a Tiger Force everything, so <laughs> no. Yeah. But the thing that kills me is there was there was that time where it was uh oh what was it GI GI Joe was a, a basically a division of the the DEA yeah because the bad guys were like drug lords mm-hmm. that's what it was in the figure line it's like uh are the are the others doing the same thing oh, what's the deal yeah they tried they tried um, a lot of experimentation you could say. <laughs> Yeah, they did. Yes, they did. So, yeah. Got to keep it fresh. Got to keep it fresh. Well, to keep it fresh, um, you know, I'm just going to ditch to this last particular one. And then I'll, I'll save the last one uh, Last one I have for uh, final thought. Uh, apparently, Disney Indiana Jones prop replicas will include the Golden Idol, the Holy Grail, and the Crystal Skull. Interesting. Uh, Disney has released replicas of Indy's jacket. The Golden Idol uh, from Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Holy Grail from Last Crusade, uh, and have launched pre-orders for the Crystal Skull from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, all of these are available on Shop Disney. Prices range from forty nine ninety nine to three ninety nine ninety nine. Uh, all this is coming out before uh, Indiana Jones Five, uh, which will be directed by James Mangold and will star Phoebe Waller Bridge. Baz Mickelson, uh, Ontario Banderas, Boyd Holbrook, Seanette Renee Wilson, and Thomas Kreshman. 
Which is interesting because at least two of those actors are uh, Star Wars alumni. Yeah. Phoebe Waller-Bridge played uh, um, the droid in, in, in the Solo movie. L3. L3. Oh, I think you're right. L seven, um, and then of course, um, Matt, Mads Mikkelsen, Matt Midge. Yeah, I cannot speak this evening. I think now I know it's L something. Is it L three or L seven? Is it L three three seven? Yes, that's what it is. Yep, IMDb. That's right. Phoebe Waller Bridge. L three three seven. Wow, how do I remember that off the mm-hmm. top of my head? It's got to be the pain medication. <laughs> Uh, apparently, too, they got the Sankara Stone with light effect from Temple of Doom. Really? Yeah, that's cool. Kind of cool. That is cool. Jacket is three ninety nine, and do they make it? And they make it in a three X. Oh my! Whip out a clue. Forget it then. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then for my final thought, Ghostbusters sequel gets a release date of December twentieth, twenty twenty three. I saw that. So. Uh, any final thoughts for yourself? Um, oh, just one. Going back to the beginning of the episode, I looked it up, and it looks like they do have the Starship Troopers book on Audible. Really? Yes. That is awesome. I may have to try and get it. Mm. See, supposedly, um, so supposedly uh, with Amazon Prime, we're supposed to get Audible at no cost. I got to pay for it. Hmm. So I got to figure out how this works. So. I just got to figure out how it works and go and tell them, uh, I'm supposed to, but I'm not getting what's up. <laughs> Maybe you have to sign in the, with your Amazon prime ID or something. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It. If I'm able to get it, then, uh, I'm go get Starship Troopers and listen to it. I bet it's pretty fun as an audio book too. I hope so. I hope so. So, uh, so yeah, like I said, uh, any other final thoughts? I've got nothing That's else. I got then, uh, you know, I'm just going to say, see y'all next week. So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.